Okay, welcome back to the United Podcast. Now, over 100 episodes in, we're going to revisit the first ever episode we did back on episode one and a very simple podcast, Keep or Sell. But before we get into that, Larry, I'm just checking. We've obviously been hodding up on the, all the current news around the world. Um, you don't have coronavirus yet. There's 700 new cases in Australia or in Victoria, I should say. Hey, mate. Um, no, I can confirm I am coronavirus free. I've had my nose swab and I'm good to go. No, How brutal is that, by the way? The swab in the nose. Oh, have you had it done, have you? Yeah, yeah. I got it done earlier this week. It's horrible. No, beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, I assume you self-isolate. And obviously this podcast is being done um, via Zoom or via Facebook call, whatever you call it. But um, yeah, definitely self-isolate. And we need to get back to a pub. We need to find one that hasn't... Um, been infected with coronavirus which seems seems pretty much every single pub in sydney has been done at the moment yeah i mean i think the chances of us finding a pub that's coronavirus free is the chance of dave not making a mistake so make of that what you will well on david de Gea, we will start so a quick rundown of the episode it is very simple obviously we'll go through each player in the man united app we have here so goalkeepers defenders midfielders and strikers, and we'll just say very simple: keep or sell. Now, for some players, it will be very simple; it'll be one or the other. And for other players, I'm sure it'll spark a little bit of a debate. So, on obviously the main man, David De Gea, keep or sell? I think keep. Uh, I know we've kind of debated David De Gea in previous podcasts, especially in relation to Dean Henderson and some of the blunders that he's made recently. But for me there's still daylight between him and Henderson. Like, even De Gea on his worst day for me is still a better keeper. Um, I, you know what? I Normally when a goalkeeper dips off Tom, their whole game dips off. Whereas with De Gea, it's been strange. He's pulled out moments of brilliance, but then he just has the occasional concentration issue. I think what United do need to do is find a way to make it competitive for him. Now, whether that is through Henderson whether they'd be happy or he'd be happy to be as part of the squad and actually compete with De Gea or not is a different thing. But for me, without without making this a David De Gea podcast, I think you have to keep him. He's the best option for us at the moment. Yeah, no, no doubt in my mind. Again, like I've said on pretty much every podcast where his name pops up, not, nothing at all against anyone who wants to give Dean Henderson a shot. Personally, I don't agree with that at the moment. But yeah, in terms of De Gea's position at the club, I think you definitely have to keep him. It would almost be a near impossibility to get rid of him anyway. But we'll move on in the goalkeeper situation and Sergio Romero. In terms of, do you think he's just quite happy to sit on the bench as number two? And are you happy with that? Yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of... It doesn't really impact us, does it, with Romero? Um I would say, again, this one's going to be situational. I think if there is a case where Henderson does come back to the club, I would say sell for obvious reasons, simply because he won't play any football. Um, but, yeah, if Henderson doesn't come back, uh, then you'd say st- uh, stay. So, I mean, for now, I'll say stay on the basis of I don't think Henderson will be at United. I think he'll continue to be loaned out elsewhere. So, yeah, just he's a solid number two, the best number two in the world, as we like to say, and he doesn't really impact us too much, so he can chill out. Yeah, I think that one definitely comes down to his own personal choice. Whatever he wants to do, I think the club can either go um, in either direction because of obviously the next... There's actually two other goalkeepers, believe it or not, but we'll start on um, Lee Grant. It's a weird one. I just think everyone always forgets he's here and he does nothing, but I think it's almost a case of, well, 
if you're going to sell Lee Grant, you just probably got to bring another Lee Grant in. So Lee Grant's a fan of the club. If he wants to stay here, let him collect his wage. I've got nothing against it. Yeah, got not nothing to add really. Hey, he's played. Has he, he's made maybe one appearance for United. Just barely played anything. I know, I know he played for Astana against Astana, and I think that's been his only appearance. So again, um, doesn't really impact us too much. Maybe just a senior head, just to have around the dressing room for the younger players, considering the age of the squad. So, you know, well, he's first... got the best job in the world. I will tell you. Oh, I'd love to have his gig. Unbelievable role. But on to a goalkeeper I would sell. Um, a lot of people have sort of high hopes for him, but a player I've never really seen the fuss about, Joel Pereira. He's one for me. You just get rid of him. I think I'd, I don't see a future. If Dean Henderson's not in the um, discussion, I could definitely say, okay, maybe you keep a hold of him. But I think Joel Pereira's time at United is done. I couldn't even tell you what club he's on loan at. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's just for the sake of his own career. He needs to leave United and go get himself... Just find a home somewhere where he can settle and play regular first-team football. And I know he has been playing football, but he keeps going on loan. And again, you'd think next in line for United is Dean Henderson. So just purely on who's in front of him, it's probably time for the Portuguese. Yeah, no, can't argue at all. Now we'll move on to defenders and your mate, the Swede, Victor Lindelof. Oh, he's... It's keep for me, um... I know I give him a hard time, but it's only because I, I just see genuine weaknesses in his game. And But out of what we have, he is the best out of, if you can call it, a bad bunch. So, yeah, it's definitely a keep for me, but maybe in a year's time, that might be different. Yeah, I think it's a case we definitely need investment at centre-back, but it's a case it well, you just can't get rid of players because you want to bring new players in. You definitely do need to keep what you have. And look, he's done very well in recent weeks, I think. So it would be stupid. In an ideal world, you'd almost have Victor Lindelof as almost your backup centre-back. He'd almost be a perfect choice there because he's, he's quite mobile. He sort of can come in and play either side of the fence, left or right. And I just think, yeah, getting rid of him, whatever your opinion of him, I just think it's a little bit, little bit too much of a risk, especially when you look at some of the other centre-backs we have and ones we could be uh, potentially shifting out. Which puts me on to the uh, next number. So Victor Lindelof, number two. Eric Bailly, number three. I think he's one we could have a little bit of a discussion. Yeah. uh, If you asked me this maybe three months ago, I would have said definitely keep. And I think there's definitely an argument to say sell now. Uh, Some of the form I saw from him in Project Restart. I know he... I know he didn't play a lot, Tom, but gee, he looked shaky, didn't he? And like when you when you've been calling for a player to have an opportunity, and he just puts in some of the performances he put in. Like seriously, he came on the field for one minute. I think it was against Southampton, um, and he just gives away a penalty. It was the most Eric Bailly no, no, thing Bournemouth ever. Bournemouth one. Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Sorry, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say keep. But it's definitely a make-or-break season for him. I think this is the season now where he'll either replace Lindelof in the starting lineup, or he'll leave United. I think that's where he's at. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Personally, I do want to keep him because, first of all, I love him. I think he's a great sort of player to have in the team. I think he's great value for money. But, yeah, it's almost a case of he's got one last chance to prove himself. Not just prove himself with performances. I think... His ability and what he offers on the pitch is what we're going to get. I don't think we're going to see any worse than what he's given. And I don't think we're going to see anything better than what he's given. We just need to know if he's fit. And I think he's got a season to prove it. Now, speaking of fitness and defenders, um, 
I'm not sure if... Is there any argument for Phil Jones to stay at the club? Keep him, give him the captaincy. Um, it's clear, like, that's the only option here. Well, on, yeah, the, app, on the app, I'm looking here, it's got all the players of... Um, so, Victor Lindelof's picture, Bayes' in, um, picture, Maguire's picture. He's even got Marcus Rojo and Chris Small in. Phil Jones just has a silhouette. They don't even have his picture on the app. Oh, that's brilliant. That That's, that's seriously brilliant. Um... <sighs> Tom, if we recorded this podcast three years ago, I'd be saying go, sell. So the fact that we're still having him on on our list is a disappointment, really. And yeah, this is the summer. He has to go. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, someone sell him. Sell him for a bag of crayons and a chocolate milk, as Ralph Wigan would say. But just get him off the books. Well, you were saying three years ago you'd do that. I was saying Johnny Evans should have stayed over Phil Jones back when Louis van Hal came in. Yeah, well, 100% agree. Like, look at Johnny Evans. He's a very solid centre-half. Definitely would have... If I had the choice between the two, definitely would have gotten rid of Phil Jones first, but it is what make, it is. You could definitely make a case Johnny Evans did more for our top four charge than Phil Jones on that last day of the season. But not tell. He definitely did. <laughs> he was fantastic for United. Now, on to... This should be a very quick one. Harry Maguire, captain. I don't think he could even... He's done well at United so far. He's obviously earned the captaincy, um, whatever your opinion on that. But I think, yeah, uh, the, even if you didn't like Maguire, I don't think there's any argument you could have for getting rid of him. He stays. Yeah, he definitely does stay. But I will say, I think next season is a crunch one for him. Um, just in the sense of some of... There were some inconsistencies that we did see from him. And I think next season, with the captaincy, with what you expect will be a better team... There will be a higher reliance on him to be able to be more consistent and put in the good performances that we expect. So he will need to have a big year. But yeah, definitely staying. Now, next one. And all the parties here seems to, seem to suggest his future is away from Old Trafford. But um, it is an interesting one given our chase for a centre-back. But Chris Smalling, I think, I think he probably wants to move on. I think uh, Roma probably definitely want him and United do see him as a player they probably can cash in on. It's just whether they do get the cash that they do want from Roma. So maybe not what you would want here, but what do you expect to happen with Chris Smalling? I actually think there's a good chance he'll stay top. And I'm just basing that off. If you saw some of our defensive liabilities um, this season and perhaps more so after the restart, you could make a case for having a Chris Smalling in the team. When Lindelof went off injured, wouldn't you have felt more assured if it was Chris Smalling coming on? I know he has his limitations, but I'd really have no problems with having him as a squad member. And I saw him score a header, um, I think it was this week actually, in Serie A. And I just think, like, besides Maguire, we don't really have an aerial threat. He does chip in with goals. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I still think he's likely to go. But if he ends up staying because we can't get a centre-half in, I wouldn't be too upset, to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, as I said, we do definitely need to invest at centre-back. But if the worst-case scenario happens and we can't get our man, I think we almost have to bully Chris Smalling and say, hey, you've got a contract here, come and help. And I wouldn't be opposed to that. But someone I probably wouldn't be calling back to rely upon, Marcus Rojo. Do you remember he still plays for United? Yeah, yeah, how could how could we forget him? He's the best chef in the team. Um, he's definitely got to go. Um, just again, just look at all these centre-halves we're listing. It's not a position we're short in, but there's a real lack of quality there, isn't there? And 
There's been times when I've really enjoyed watching Marcus Rojo. There was points, particularly under uh, Mourinho, in fact. Um, and I think when he's played centre-half, he's actually looked all right. But just given his injury record and his wages, it's yeah, it's time to let go, I think. Yeah, I do like an Argentinian in the squad, but yeah, definite sell for me. Um, Diego Delo. I think we've both sort of come to terms with we're not going to lose too much sleep if he leaves. And I think he's going to go, so... It's clear, mate. The, the second he was picking Fosu Mensa in back-to-back games, when Diogo Delo's been fit and training, I think that tells you all you need to know. Uh, and I expect him to leave this summer. And to be honest, I'd let him go. With the progression of Ethan Led, um, we've seen Brendan Williams come on this season as well. Um, United have... Um, they've put in the they've initiated the clause that gives Fosu Mensa an extra year at United. So... I think with all those things coming into account, I think um, Diogo's going to leave. See, I wouldn't be opposed to... The actual quality of the footballer, I wouldn't be opposed to keeping. However, the role he's currently got under Solskjaer, I don't see why he should take that over someone like you said, Nathan Led, or even you could even throw Brandon Williams into that category. So the, the player, I think, is fine and okay to be that backup. But I think, well, if he's going to be a backup, we might as well have sort of a youth product being that backup. So... um. Probably a sell for me. Um, wishing the best, though. Um, Luke, Luke Shaw should be pretty straightforward. Keep? <laughs> yeah, keep. Uh, he's been a funny one, hasn't he? I mean, over the season, his form has gone from really poor, in fact. But the longer the season's gone, the better he's gone. So happy for him, um, and I hope that he can build on it next season. Yeah, no, definite keep from me for Luke Shaw. Now we're moving on. Obviously, someone we mentioned, Fosu Mensa, and you said they... I haven't read any news about it, but you said they did extend his contract or trigger a clause? Yeah, he had a clause in his contract to trigger, trigger a year <laughs> extension, and United have done that. So that could be to sell him, but I actually think he will fill out a spot in the squad next season. Well, I still hold out hope that he's going to be our number six and our central defensive midfielder for the next 10 years, and I still see it. I don't care what anyone says. That is the thinking... In my mind, and moving on to maybe potentially the easiest one in the whole team, Aaron Wambasaka. Yeah, definitely a keep. Um, you could make an argument, and a very good argument, that he's our player of the season. So, yeah, he dipped off towards the end of the season, but that's definitely no causing no set of alarm for me to say sell him. He's, he's fantastic, and I think he'll continue to get better, and hopefully he's at United for the next 10 years. Now, someone I don't think either of us will say sell. However, there's a definite discussion to be had. Axel Tuanzebi. What on earth do we do with him? He is... Well, we've already spoken about make or break for a few players, haven't we? And I think next season is... He is the highest rank in terms of make or break. Um, if he doesn't get a... If he doesn't get his injury record straight next season, I think he's gone. He's got all the talent in the world to be a starting centre-back and even, in fact, to be a United captain one day. But he's just got to stay fit. Otherwise, his injury record will ruin his career at United. So it's keep, but in 12 months' time, that could very well be different. Yeah, no, hard to argue with that. It's so much hope for him because he offers so much. and When he comes in, he's almost been fantastic in every single game. I think maybe the Arsenal game this season, he came in and made an error. But, okay, a defender makes an error, big deal. But... He's just never fit, and there's no real clarity over his injury, so you don't know what it is. Is it has he, if it was he, if he did his ACL and you knew he was out for a season, it's like okay, but you don't know what's he injured. I haven't heard any type of sort of diagnosis of what it is, so it's such a sort of a scary, not I wouldn't say scary case, but such a 
the cloudy it's concerning. And waters. Yeah, so yeah, um, definitely keep, but as you say, potentially make or break. Now we can argue this guy's position in the squad and how much he should be playing or how well he's done. Um, Brendan Williams, I think he's done very well. But in terms of fullback, we've just said Luke Shaw, Fosu Mensah, Wambasak. We're going to get rid of a fullback in Diego Delo. Um, what do you sort of see Brandon Williams' immediate future looking like? Yeah, I think he stays. Um, he's looked promising. Hasn't been, you know, a 19-year-old not being consistent. Amazing. Surprise, surprise. Um, but, no, I think he's done well. Um, yeah, he's, he's limited as a footballer, but you need those players. You. Do you remember the Real Madrid of the 2000s? I think they won one La Liga title. Like, everyone was ready for them to win back-to-back Champions Leagues for the next five years. But it just shows you, you need some you need some worksmen in your squad. And I think Brendan Williams will get better. And he'll definitely have a, a position to play next season. I, d- I definitely wouldn't make this case. I disagree with this. However, would you make an argument that you could potentially loan him out? Do you think you could do with a loan? Well, I mean, look, you could say he gets more first-team football, but I think he's playing enough football at United, don't you? Yeah. I mean, when you consider how many games we'll have, he could easily play 20 to 30 games next season. So oh, yeah, yeah, definitely he'll get plenty of just, football. Yeah, yeah, no, just something just popped in my mind. But we'll move on now to sort of, I wouldn't say more exciting positions, but obviously the midfielders and attackers are the ones who gain all the headlines. So midfielders, we might as well start with um, the main man, Paul Pogba. Um, I assume it's both keep for us, but um, it definitely it definitely could change keep cell depending on um, any interviews him and um, his mate Rayola do over the next six weeks. Well, more importantly, do you expect him to stay? Yeah, I, just, I think all the signs now point to United keeping him and even a, hopefully Paul Popper wanting to stay, which I think is probably the more important thing. Yeah, I mean... You saw it. His body language just seemed a lot more positive um, since the football has returned. And he, he just generally does look happier to be at the club. I think the Bruno signing has reinvigorated him. Uh, I definitely want him to stay. I think he still has so much to achieve. And you know what? If Pogba can stay next season, you know, we always talk about building the legacy. Pogba justifying the price tag that he came with. Mate, next season, if he can get us, you know, maybe not winning the title, but if we're just even in that top two, top three, starting a challenge, Pogba can really start to leave a legacy at United, and I'd really like to see him do that. Yeah, no, nah, definite keep for me. Now, one that is going to um, be a bit tricky for me. I'll get your opinion first. Um, one matter. Tom, I'm going to break your heart, mate. I think it's time for one matter to leave United. Um, purely because he's not trusted by Oli. I think that that's clear. Oli doesn't seem too keen on playing him at the moment. He, I think he played... I th- no, he played against Norwich in the FA Cup and we might have seen him come on as a sub to just waste time in one other Premier League game. He, just not getting a lot of football. And if I'm being entirely honest, unless it's a game where you're going to dominate possession, I just don't see much use for him at the moment. Just his legs are gone. Um, and I know he's not someone who relies on pace, but the way United and Oli wants to play, I just don't think it suits him, unfortunately. You just mentioned there, and look, I make no sort of cons about it. It's going to be a keep for me. But you mentioned everything there, which is fair enough, but it's all on-the-pitch stuff. And I'm not suggesting we just keep him because he's a nice guy off the pitch. Of course, that's not why you keep a footballer at Man United for. And that's not what you're paying sort of 150, 160 grand a week for. 
However, I don't think fans turn their nose up at that, and I don't think you can. I think it's such an important thing of what Solskjaer is doing in terms of the culture around the club, and I don't think we're in a position in terms of it's quite a transitional phase at the moment, and I don't think United and the sort of the young side where we currently have are in a position to get rid of someone who has simply won everything in the game besides a league title. The guy's won the Euros, he's won the World Cup, he's won the Europa League, he's won the Champions League. I just don't think United are in a position to be able to get rid of that type of experience in terms of the young players we have around. And again, a player has to produce on the pitch at the end of the day, and at the moment he's not sort of given the chance to produce that, so fair enough. However, I just look at players like Jesse Lingard and Andreas Pereira in that area of the pitch, and I definitely would be picking one matter over those two. All right, let me put it to you another way, though. And all valid points in what you're saying. Does one Mata want to stay at United for the amount of football he's playing? Yeah, 100%. That's something if, if to take into to account. Go, if he wanted to go and the, the club were happy, they could find a club for him. Definitely, the service he's given for United, I think definitely I, there would be no reason to stand in his way, especially, especially when you look at the sort of lack of minutes he's getting. He's, it wouldn't be too much for loss on the pitch. But, so, yeah, definitely if a player doesn't want to be there, and I'm sure he would have no shortage of clubs. I'm sure he could walk into sort of seventeen or 16 or 17 of the clubs in La Liga would take happily take him. So, yeah, it def- and, uh, there's a bit of strong rumour suggesting that when his time, you know, does come to an end in his recent contract extension that he will move into some type of ambassadorial role. So I'm not sure if he wants to see out his time at United or he'll come back um, in a few seasons. But it's definitely one out of all the players, potentially one of the ones... A lot of people might find it quite simple. They'll just say sell. However, I think it's quite a complex um, situation with Matt in terms of what he does bring off the pitch. And I've just made all those points. On the pitch is what counts. But I don't think we, we can turn our nose up at the importance of sort of culture behind the scenes. Tell you what, you'd make a hell of a lawyer. If you fought in a court of law the way you're fighting for one matter right now, I'd hire you in a heartbeat. Yeah, no, love you, one. Now, one... Who I do, I very much like Jesse Lingard, but I won't fight as strongly for him. I'll very happily see that as his last goal for United. However, he might stay. He's made all the right um, sounds on Instagram and Twitter lately in terms of wanting to stay or wanting to fight for the badge, which, which no one has ever questioned. But um, Jesse Lingard. I, I felt for him. Um, it was really nice reading that, and I, and I, I definitely feel for him. I know he's had some off-field issues, but... I hate to say it, Tom, I, I just, I think it's time for him to go. I, like, I know he's had a tough time, but it's been 18 months of poor football. It's, it, this isn't a blip, there's something that's happened in the last six months, and yes, you know, it's never nice to hear that people have circumstances going on that, away from football, and of course it plays, uh, it plays a factor into how they're playing, um, you could make an argument to say he played well in his cameo against Palace and in his cameo against Leicester, he looked good, scored the goal, obviously. But I don't know, mate. I just the 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 romance in you as a football club is he's a local junior. Stick by him. Maybe he'll return the faith. We saw in Mourinho's um, season, the the one where we finished second, he returned fourteen goals, which was a fantastic return. So he's capable. Um, but there's a part of me where it's like, you know, we need to be ruthless. We're going through a rebuild where we really need to get the quality in. And I just think he's been poor for a little too long to really be saying he's a handout. Yeah, definitely. And I think he's one of the players from a business point of view in the club's sort of eyes where we could, like, I think people have said 30 million. I don't think we're going to get 30 million for him. But out of the players who potentially are looking to move on, I'd say he's probably the most valuable. So from the club's point of view, I think they probably 
probably be looking to get rid of him. And I just think it's a case. I don't want to compare the players. I don't want him to compare him to like a Nicky Butt or Phil Neville. But I remember when Phil Neville and Nicky Butt got to the stage where they're just not quite in the team as not, and as much as they wanted to and just chose themselves to leave. And I think Jesse Lingard will sort of benefit um, from a change of scenery. So, look, I love Jesse Lingard. I think the abuse he gets is horrendous. But, um, yeah, I think it's probably sadly a case where his time is up at United. But who knows, man? Who knows, a couple of goals in the Europa League and a lift and a trophy if he scores in another final. You never know, your opinion can very much change. Because I remember when we did this podcast um, for the first time, episode one, I remember we were saying, get rid of um, New Manage because we have Scott McTominay. So your opinion does change quite quickly. Um, Andres Pereira? I mean, it doesn't really matter what we think. Oli's already said he's going to stay, so... I guess that's where you leave it. Um, you know, I still hold, hold some hope for Pereira, just because purely, just on the look at the footballing talent he has, he's capable of doing everything that Bruno is. Like honestly, if you just purely on his ability, he is capable of doing anything that Bruno can do. Now it's just the issue for Pereira is what's going on between the ears. His decision making with the ball is atrocious, and I'm hoping with some better quality players like Bruno around him. Maybe it just gives him a little bit of confidence. Maybe it's just someone else to learn from. Um, personally, if if it were up to me, I'd be selling him. But I still hold a small glimmer of hope that with his talent, he can turn it around. Yeah, it would definitely be a sell for me. But as you say, I think the sounds are that we're going to keep him. I think maybe if we do bring in a Grealish and another attacker, maybe his time does become very, very limited. And we do look at maybe a January window where he does move on. But, um, yeah, it sounds like he's going to stay at the moment. But if I was playing football manager, he'd probably be on the transfer list for me. But um, the other Brazilian, Fred, I think he's got a very important Europa League coming up. But I don't think his future at United is in danger. I think it's very much a keep for Fred, I think. Yeah, and he's had a good season, hasn't he? I mean, I know Oli's gone with his preferred eleven and stuck to it uh, in the last couple games. But... Fred played a major part this season, and you could say he's our, been our most improved player for sure. And yeah, I think he'll he'll definitely be a valuable squad player. I think he'll be someone who's basically just going to play thirty games, come in for cup games, come in for the odd you know start in the Premier League. He's but again, like, as we said, you you need those sorts of players in your team, and definitely happy to keep Fred around. Yeah, no, one hundred percent agree. Now a very easy keep number eighteen, Bruno Fernandez. No argument, nothing oh, to move on. Mate, ex- extend his contract for the next five years. Okay, on top of his five years. From, um, now one which will be a little bit tricky, um, Daniel James. I think it's going to be a keep for this season. But if I'm being entirely honest with you, Tom, I mean, let me ask you the question. Do you think he... Do you see him at United in five years' time? Because personally, I just... And I'm I'm not going to give him dog's abuse, and I've seen it online, and I think it's out of order. But I do think he's quite limited as a footballer, unfortunately. And I just think long term, I can't see him being a United player. I think if we're successful, and I'm not saying he's we're going to be successful because of Daniel James, but I think if we go on to do good things, I can see him being a good member of the squad. I think if we fall back down into sort of battling out for six and seven spot. I think that'll be through using Daniel James so that week in, week out, and he'll almost be the scapegoat number one and we'll be screaming to sell him. 
So I can see him here in five years' time if we're doing well. If things don't go well, I can see the very real case of getting rid of him and the sort of the experiment not working. Yeah, he honestly, if we came sixth or seventh, do you remember um, Tom Cleverly being the absolute scapegoat under yeah. David Moyes? Yeah, I could see very similar actually, treatment. Yeah, very good. Yeah, good comparison with Cleverly. Very good player when you're doing well. Um, it's a player you can't really carry when um, shit hits the fan. So, yeah, oh, look, I really like Daniel James, and I think he's done a lot better than people um, are giving him credit for. But, um, yeah, definitely when you're going to look at players like Jaden Sancho coming in, um, it does put um, Daniel James' ability um, under the microscope. Now, Nemanja Matic, who I said earlier in the podcast that this time, last year when we did our first ever episode, we were saying get rid of him because we had Scott McTominay. But um, things have changed, and Nemanja Matic is our, almost our main man in midfield. So I, w- I wouldn't say he's future at United. I don't, I don't want to see what's going to happen in three or four years' time. But next season, next season is definite, definite stay. No chance of any club coming in and sort of you, you'll be listening to any offers. No, I think you definitely keep him. We saw how important he was. I don't know if United are going to get a number six this season uh, or for the upcoming season. I'd really like them to do so. Um, So just based on that, I mean, even if we get someone in, you'd say he deputises for them. Um, Or maybe there's a plan to get James Garner into the team and make him the long-term number six. I think in any case, you'd definitely keep him Matic for next season. But yeah. how long he stays beyond that will will be interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, that's definitely another debate. But the man, so definitely keep for me. But the guy you just mentioned there, I think this is pretty much a straightforward answer, and it's a little bit in between. James Garner, it's pretty much the definition of a loan, I think. And it sounds like, I think maybe a few clubs have been mentioned. Sheffield Wednesday seem quite keen on getting him on loan, and I think that's pretty much the straightforward answer and the proper thing to do here. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to see him get a loan. Um, but he's been training with the first team for a little bit. I, again, I don't know if there's a plan to get him playing more football next season. I think it depends on who we bring in. Um, but you can say, Tom, I mean, if you look at the current squad, number six is probably where, in midfield at least, where we're quite thin and we don't have a lot of options. We've tried McTominay there. I, I don't think it works. Fred's not a number six. So is there a case where you say maybe Oli does play him if, if we don't buy someone? Um, and you just rate maybe it's a plan to rotate him in and out. I'm I'm not too sure. They obviously rate him, and I'm I'm sure he'll probably he'll definitely play against Lask. I think in a few in well in a week's time, um, which we'll discuss the Europa League in the next podcast. But I think it's just a case of whatever your plans are for him. That's great, but he needs to play, and he's going to have to play unfortunately at another club for the next season to get those minutes. So, um, but it it sounds like I'm sure by the time people listen to this, there'll be more news surrounding a, maybe a club in the championship, maybe getting a little bit closer to a green alone deal. Now, on to the last midfielder. Um, pretty straightforward, Scott McTominay. I think we could sit here and debate what he offers and what other people offer, etc. But in terms of his position at the club, I think he's pretty secure and pretty rightly so. Yeah, stay. Absolutely. Um, a valuable member of the squad. I know people like to say he's our modern Nicky Butt. I, I, I don't like that comparison personally, but yeah, I thought... And I, I love the goal he scored against City, by the way. It's, I love his passion. He's, he's a good player to have in the squad, and yeah, definitely keep for me. Yeah, no, definite keep. Now, definite... Well, it's a definite sell for both of us, but in terms of the situation, who knows um, what United and the individual will be forced into? Alexis Sanchez. 
Now, this is an interesting one. Um, just before we started recording, I was just saying to you that there's this sort of reports coming out saying that Alexis wants to leave, but as it currently stands, his loan... Well, he's due back at United as of August 7th or August 8th, so a couple of days after the last game, <laughs> he could be at United sooner than we think. Um, it's a definite sell for me, which is kind of frustrating, you know. I was just watching some highlights of him from his Arsenal days, and you just think what could have been. And it just he's played well for Inter since the since um, football's resumed in Italy as well, and he's a frustrating one, isn't he? Just You always wonder if he comes back, could he turn it around, but no, I just think you've got to cut your losses. Yeah, I just think even from an off field, just the I don't want to say he's a bad egg and came in and just I can chew his toys out of the pram and he's the reason everything went to shit. But it's just yeah, we do need to get rid of him. However, it would be an interesting case, and I'm sure there's clauses which would prevent this, and I'm sure I'm sort of over over complicating it. But would there be a case for Inter almost being sort of our biggest rival for the Europa League, United just bringing him back and really weakening Inter Milan? You wouldn't do that because it. it it would risk negotiation, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, so. yeah, definitely, yeah. I forgot about that, but interesting, um, because you can almost see us, um, I think we're on opposite sides of the draw, um, both us and Inter Milan, so it's very much set up for a potential final um, between us two, because obviously Romelu Lukaku and Ashley Young can both play in that match, so... But moving wouldn't on, that be something? Uh, I don't know what I'd be more nervous about, that FA Cup, potential FA Cup final against Arsenal or City we unfortunately missed out on. Or a European final against Romelu Lukaku and Ashley Young. I think that scares the absolute hell out of me. But um, tricky one for you, Anthony Martial. <laughs> Mate, seriously, build a statue outside Old Trafford for him. He's staying, 100%. Yeah, I know no, that, no. You, and you know, people could make an... People may potentially make an argument to say... And I've seen it, I've seen it. People say, no, we need a better number nine than Martial. He should leave. Which I think is outrageous. Um, I think he's fantastic. I, out of that forward three at the moment, I think he's the best player. Um, I think he's improved the most. He, he's fantastic. He's our number nine, and yeah, it's definitely a keep for me. Yeah, a keep for Tony now. A definite keep, obviously, Marcus Rashford. However, I think the discussion around Marcus Rashford could be more so, not keep or sell, but his position in the front three. Let's assume we get Jaden Sancho. You got Mason Greenwood, Anthony Martial. Is Marcus Rashford in that front three? I think he is. Um, I would say Ollie's plan is to play Greenwood more as a centre forward next season. Uh, look again, I, I haven't read anything. He hasn't said anything, but you just look at the player and the way he plays. He drifts quite central, even when he's playing on the right hand side. You'd think there's a plan to play him centrally. Maybe it's something we do as a season preview, closer to the Premier League resuming. But yeah, I, I don't think I think Rashford starts for United. Um, but that's what I mean. Case. If you got if you got yeah. Greenwood there, if you got Greenwood moving centrally, that's pushing Martial out to the left and Sancho on the right. I'm just thinking, and and maybe we're overhyping Greenwood a little bit. Maybe he won't play as much as we have in our heads. But I just think out of that front three, I think, and it's nothing. It's not a criticism of Marcus Rashford at all. But you have Sancho, Greenwood, Martial, Rashford. I, sadly, I put Rashford on in fourth there. I think. I mean, look, uh, I don't disagree with you, um, but you have to remember when most players have a breakout season the way Greenwood has, that second season is generally a drop-off. You know, coaches look at you better and the expectation of probably playing more football, it does tend to get players dipping off. So I don't think Greenwood will 
start as much as people expect. I'm not saying he'll be bad, but I think we have to be prepared that he might actually have a little bit of a drop-off from this season. Just natural progression as part of his development. Um, I'd say Rashford definitely starts the season, but look, we could be halfway through, and you could be right. He, he could potentially be on the outer. Well, just there, we'll just touch on Mason Greenwood. There's not much to touch on in regards to his security at the club. He's obviously almost the most important stay. I'd be getting him on the biggest contract you could possibly do because... We love him here, but I'm sure Juventus, I'm sure Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, I'm sure they're keeping tabs on him. It's usually us looking at their young players who think, who's the next big thing? Well, they're looking at Man United now, at who's got the next big thing, and it's definitely Mason Greenwood, so it's obviously a definite keep. There's no point arguing there. But the other, Do we the know other, how long his uh, contract is? Oh, I'm sure it's out there. Um, I don't read into those things. Maybe I'm sure. I'm sure everyone knows the exact date and the exact hour it expires. But um, yeah, no, not for me. I assume. What are we now? Twenty twenty. I assume it's twenty twenty four. Probably. He signed one uh, mm. prior to this season kicking off, didn't he? I think during this season. I think. Okay. Well, either way, he's at least signed up for the next three four years. Now, a weird one um, because his future is almost already set. Um, he leaves in January. Odio Nagalo. Um, I think that's all there is to it. He's is what it is. He's going to leave. Um, I don't see United actually going in and making it permanent um, when his loan does expire. Um, do you see any future? Do you see United potentially going in and signing him, or do you think it's just a case of is what it is? We've got him till January. Yes. Yeah, I mean, for this one, it's interesting when we say keep or so. I guess we just have to look forward to January, don't we? But yeah, I can't see him staying at United to be honest, just purely on his age. The amount of football he's played, um, look, we could be wrong. I think there's a case to say United may sign him, and if he impresses, maybe so. I think there's definitely a, an appetite from Oli to get another number nine in um, to compete with Martial or maybe play a two-striker system. So I, I don't think that pursuit would go. The fact that he wanted Haaland does stick out in your mind. So we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he stays beyond January. Yeah, no. Well, I'm still holding out hope that we do have a, a Gallo statue after he scores the winner in the Europa League final. Um, did you see that late, latest post he had on Instagram? He's sort of sunning himself in the sun. I'm very happy. He's a cool see, guy, isn't he? I'd happily see that statue outside the Stratford end. But um, yeah. last on the list, um, and again, a bit of an interesting one here. I think both of us would probably sell, but maybe, maybe it's an interesting one to Heath Chong. I think he needs to go on loan. Um, uh, It's interesting. I I was kind of surprised when I saw he signed a new deal. So that means United have either told him, you're going to play a lot of football, or we're going to give you a loan and see see where you land. He signed a two-year deal. So that tells me he's going to go on loan next season and potentially be used at United the season after. It also just keeps value in the player. So I don't think... I think it's keep... In terms of, is he on United's books? But I think he goes on loan. I'll be surprised if he's part of the squad. Well, the one that, it always confuses me, his name has not been brought up, but I just don't see how it hasn't. In terms of the Jaden Sancho deal, I think with haggling over, we obviously want to pay 60, 70, 80 million, where Dortmund want, whatever, 110 million. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's almost a textbook case of okay let's pay the 80 million and you can have Heath Chong for two years on loan with the obligation or the opportunity to buy him I'm I'm shocked we're not because it's the type of player Dortmund always want that young player who's not getting football at another club 
we can come and develop in. It's almost Tahit Chong in a nutshell. Simply put, mate, maybe they just don't rate him. And if I'm being honest, I, I don't rate him. I, I haven't seen... From the bits we've seen him seen of him in the first team, I can't say I've been impressed. I think he's very direct. I think he's technically very good, but he's he seems quite limited and yeah, just doesn't really stand out, does he? Look, just as you say, it might very well be a case of that because, as you say, you don't rate him. I personally don't rate him too highly, and yeah, this very well could be a case where Dortmund don't. But um, I'm sure I'm sure maybe someone listening to this can start a article and um, a rumor on Twitter. Um, please source hey, um, the podcast. He hasn't. Sorry to interrupt you. He hasn't been on this list. I'm just kind of keen to see what you think about uh, Levitt. Do you think there's a case that he's part of this team next season? Again, he's one of those players who's been training with the first team. So, I just want to bring up his name. I think you play play or actually play won't play against Lask, but I assume maybe he'll be involved on the bench and it, look. Hopefully, he gets a run against um, Lask in the next week. In terms of. His development, I don't know, he's one of those players at an age and space in his career where maybe reserve footballers may be good for him. Obviously, if you can go get a loan, fantastic. But if he goes on the loan to the championship, is he just going to be on the bench in the championship? So it's a bit of a tricky one. I probably wouldn't be opposed at the moment without sort of looking at the whole picture and delving into the finer details. Probably keep him just in and around the reserves and he can then be in and around the training with the first team. But... His, his future is definitely united in terms of he has done nothing to blow his chance at the moment, but I can't see a future. I can't see next season um, Dylan Levitt even playing five games for United. Uh, I'd love him to. When I think, we talk uh, about, yeah, so I was just going to say when you, when we look at their careers because people put uh, Garner and Levitt kind of in the same bracket. If you look at their career uh, trajectory at the moment, uh, Levitt's already played for Wales. Um, he was. You could say our best player against Astana, I at least thought he was. He completed 100 passes in his first in his first game for the first team against European opposition. That tells me that there's some quality there. Um, oh, yeah, no, definitely. I, I'll be looking at... You could definitely look, look, we go back into the UEFA Youth League, the Champions League, in the um, now that we're in the Champions League, the youth version of it as well. So I think in terms of looking at players like Levitt, players like Laird, Mengi, I think you'd now have to look in the reserve system what sort of fixture schedule are they going to have next year um, compared to a team, a senior team in the championship? How many games are they going to get? What Ollie's yeah. use of... We, we've got to be in the League Cup. There's a rumour that Premier League clubs won't be in the League Cup next season. So I think you have to really look into the finer details of what to do with these younger younger players of whether training of the first team and reserve team football is better than a loan deal or if it's better to get them out on loan. I think it's an interesting one and one where you almost have to look at a case-by-case scenario with each player yeah I'm with you that's a valid point but yeah I'll be interested to see where he is next season well I'm sure he will be on this list when we do this podcast next time though Um, this time next season or next season it won't even be this time because the season will finish in May I think when they they put out not the fixtures but they put out the timetable for the next season and it is going to run from September 12 to May I think yeah, well, until coronavirus 2.0 comes out, so... Yeah, thank you, Victoria, and everyone in Melbourne for that. But, um, yeah, just about wraps up this episode. Hopefully we enjoyed it, and hopefully it sort of stirred some opinion, and obviously that one matter one, I'm sure, will create a little bit of debate. But fair enough, that's what it is about. So thank you all for listening. Now, the next podcast will be on Monday, Australian time. 
Now, we're probably going to get a very special guest on there, maybe a little bit better guest than we originally planned, which is good, and potentially someone who has graced the Old Trafford turf before. So um, fingers crossed we can organise a time with that gentleman. But um, it does look promising at the moment. And we'll just be looking at the Europa League and sort of how to approach it. Because obviously we are going through to the next stage, unless we lose 6-0 at home to Lask. So we can look at the tournament in a whole and sort of the other teams in the tournament, Inter Milan, Wolves, Bayer Leverkusen, etc. And we can look at how we would approach it in terms of does Solskjaer see it as a real potential to go for a trophy? Or is it a thing where Dylan Levitt, James Garner, he gives those players the opportunity so I'm quite looking forward to that podcast, Larry. Um, after a fine weekend, you got anything planned this weekend? Uh, I mean, I'll be playing some football myself, um, hopefully. So, I mean, again, unless coronavirus cancels those plans. Thankfully, it's been sort of controlled in New South Wales. And yeah, just kind of looking forward to Monday's podcast with our special guest. No, beautiful and make sure everyone is please subscribe on your podcast app um, iTunes SoundCloud Spotify and all that and across UTD Pubcast on all the social medias like Facebook Twitter and Instagram um, thank you all for the interaction lately it's been very good even with no football but it's kind of good that it's almost like a new mini season is here now um, especially with that added sort of plus that we are through against Lask and we do have quarterfinals and a potential semi-final against Wolves I think there's only 42 or 41 days till the Premier League resumes. So <laughs> it will be here right before you know it. Yeah, no, definitely. So thank you, everyone, for listening again. Have a good weekend, and we'll chat to you on Monday. Cheers. Cheers.